Hello, everybody. Welcome to This is the Pits. My name is Chelsea Greenwood. And my name is Michael Oberst. And today uh, we're talking about World War Z with a very special guest. We have Kevin Avery with us today. Hi. And hey, um, he is known for a lot of different things. Um, he's a writer on Jim Jeffries' show as well as Last Week Tonight. And he has his own podcast that he is no longer doing, but... Um, <laughs> And do you do you still do you have a different podcast now? No, I don't. Any all the things you said, I do not do anymore. Well, tell what? us a little about but what they, you do now. They were all see what I, I uh, this is pretty much it. Just hanging out here in my living room. Um, I I do. I'm about to start another show right now, but I don't think I can say what it is yet. Okay, so well, I have to. Are you excited about it, or is it? Like I'm very it? excited about it. Okay, yeah, good. it's very different from what I've done before. It's a it's a. It's an animated show. Ooh. And um Well, you don't have to get yeah. yourself in trouble. <laughs> I don't want I don't know if I, I Wait, yeah. is it funny? Is it comedy? Yes. Or are you taking a different turn to a darker no, 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 no. It's okay. a it's a it's very funny. It's an animated show that's it's new and um I think I can say it's on Fox. Oh Rad. Amazing. Very cool. Um, well, we've brought you here today as the world's foremost zombie researcher. Um, so thank you for being here. I like that. I'm a yeah. big zombie uh, movie person. Really? Have you Zombie movies and zombie shows, yeah. Well, okay. I have to say about this movie, which I was a little worried about it, mm -hmm. just because Brad has some highs, highs, and some low lows. <laughs> but I do love a just nonstop thrill ride. Yeah, I love me an too. end of the world. Just if the world is ending, I am there for it, even if the movie yeah. isn't so great. Yeah, <laughs> but but it's a little bit of a um, almost political thriller type of feel. Like yeah. he's investigating the whole movie. Yes, and he yeah. just writes everywhere. The one thing about this movie was like, why does he get to go wherever he wants to go? Because he works for the UN. Like, yeah. aren't all of the countries in the world trying to get everywhere all the time? <laughs> But he's the guy. He's the guy to call guy. when you need to uh, investigate. Yeah. Here, here's how I think about it. Because when when something like this happens and like everybody's trying to find a solution, and like somebody does find a solution, mm -hmm. just think of it as this movie is telling the story of the person who did find a oh, solution. Oh well, of course. It's yeah. There's tale. a bunch of other movies about people who didn't end up figuring it out and died in the process. We're just watching the movie of the one who did. Right. Yeah. So, Someone had to find it, and it happened to be Brad Pitt, and he looked good doing it, I will say. Oh, yeah, um, and that long hair. It's been a while since he's had long hair, and I was into it. Yeah. I, I wonder if... <laughs> this occurred to me at some point, and I can't remember what it was during the movie, that it almost was like a sort of a Christ figure thing he had going on oh yeah the savior with the long I hair no i'm looking too deeply into it and i'm i think it might have been towards the end when i was like oh that's a very interesting concept or image about this sort of literally the say a savior a savior yeah. who like is willing to take his own life for the greater good he needs yep. so I think dramatic literally the moment with the like towards the end of the movie when he yeah. uh is has just done that injected himself yeah and the thing so, is I think that this is how Brad Pitt sees himself. Like, genuinely, he thinks that he is able to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so let's say this. Um, he is, speaking of the Jim Jeffries show, uh, when I did work there, he was uh, 
we occasionally we would have someone come in and play the Jim Jeffries show Weatherman, mm. and, it, and it was Brad Pitt, and it was the weirdest thing because this was the show that not a lot of people knew. Um, it was just sort of on Comedy Central like once a week, and we were a brand new show, and Jim would he was like every once in a while he would introduce the Jim Jeffries show Weatherman, and it would be Brad Pitt talking like about actual Brad Pitt. Yes. Yes. What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me that you know him personally? Well, what does he smell like? Uh, we have <laughs> sort of brushed past each other. I have never actually formally in, been introduced to him. But, yeah, we, he was there just sort of walking around. He, he had to use my office because one of the one of the times the bits we did was him at home. And oh, wow. he'd been fired from the show, quote, unquote. Right. And so we did a bit with him at his home watching. And uh, and it was my office. Holy well, moly! I, that is this is really yeah so, so exciting. He's actually, a, he seems like a genuinely sweet guy. Let me redo. Let me redo uh, your resume. Um, this is Kevin Avery. He met Brad Pitt once. <laughs> a few times, it sounds like. Yeah. I want. <laughs> so we talk about okay. So before we jump into the movie, let's discuss the world in which the movie was released. Sure. Wait, before we even get into that. Uh, I think we should discuss Denzel a little bit because I oh. didn't even get to mention that Kevin's podcast that he used to do was called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. Yeah. Um, where they did something similar to what we're doing and they watched every Denzel movie. Um, yep. But you guys went in alphabetical order, right? Well, that's what we started to do. So it was me and W. Kamau Bell. We are sort of longtime friends and, and yeah. we know each other through stand up and we were writing partners and. Uh, and uh, I wrote on his show, um, Totally Biased. And uh, yeah, we just, we used to talk about, we were roommates for a while. And uh, right before I moved to LA, we were roommates. And, and I, we used to talk about Denzel movies all the time. We were both big Denzel fans. And so one day he called me, and this was when I was still at John Oliver, actually. And he was like, I know what we're going to do. We're going to do a podcast and we're going to talk about every Denzel movie and we'll start and we'll just go in alphabetical order. And that was the idea. And we were going to rate all the movies and all that stuff. And then we just sort of we just sort of went all over the place because we depending on the guest who went, you know, this person wants to talk about this movie. This person wants to talk about that movie. Mm. But yeah, right. We did it for about three years, I think, two, three wow, years. Wow. Did you get through every movie? No, we have, I think two movies that he had done that we didn't talk about at the time. And then he's had, I think two or three new ones. I think two okay. new ones that we never got to. Okay. Will you go back and finish them? Um, it's very, very, very possible. Ooh. Slash likely. Oh, so that sounds like there might be plans in the works. So I'll, <laughs> we'll take that maybe as soon as next week we could start talking wow. about wow that's exciting we've been using this for a long time actually yeah. and and i hope we're, we're we've been trying to make it happen so I, we're like this close that's awesome that would be very cool Some br i've had a brush or two with denzel have himself. you yes his son john david went to mm -hmm. my high school what Yes, and John David. Okay, Chelsea, just dropping that one. <laughs> Hold on a second. And Denzel came to every football game that JD played in. Oh, of course wow. he did. And we went to party Such one time. I went father. to a party at his house and stole his golf cart. 
and got in big trouble when we crashed through the fence. What? So did you get scolded by Denzel? No, 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 no. He wasn't around. But oh. he was like, it was his house. Oh, okay. Who? So who did you get in in trouble? First of all, I'd like to point out <laughs> just a nice tall glass of white wine. Yeah. It is. And I, I, the first time I saw you, I looked at the clock. I was like, well, they're three hours ahead. But it's only like 15 years. So that's up to you. Yeah, welcome. This is a common theme. I'm always drinking wine during the podcast. I think mostly because I'm relaxing. Just really having a hardcore chiller of, of, of a July 4th weekend. I've done nothing but drink and sleep for four days. It is, Great. It is truly divine. I haven't done anything like this. Like, I've taken a two-hour nap every day since Thursday. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, look at us drinking water. Yeah. I'm just going <laughs> well, to water. Assholes. You guys better store that water because, you know, the first thing to go in an L.A. earthquake, having grown up there, is the water supply gets cut off real quick. So don't flush any of your toilets. <laughs> I'll just go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the tsunami's going to hit, guys. <laughs> Nowhere safe. I did think about that. I, yeah. I did think about having to go get water. Yeah. Yeah. There was the earthquake hit while I was watching the movie. And um, <laughs> I was already, I'm like prone to scary stuff. Like, uh-huh. I don't, I'm not a big, like, I love action. Mm-hmm. I love thrillers. But like, this one was a little scary. And, um, so I got I have a go bag that I made and I put it by the door when the earthquake hit because I was mm-hmm. like I don't know that's smart with the zombies like I they seem unprepared and I don't want to be like that so I got yeah. it's by, still by the door I don't know what's gonna happen but I'm where gonna... where are you gonna go? Would um, you... well, see that's the trouble. I guess I would go. It depends on, I don't know, Fair I don't enough. know. Fair Let enough. me tell you what I know about end of the world. If I learned anything from World War Z, guys, it's that Uh you can't get into a car when the apocalypse is happening because then you're in a log jam, especially in L.A., which you are anyway. Mm -hmm. Yep. You don't want to be in a confined space where there could be another earthquake or a zombie. I would say flee on foot Mm -hmm. to a high point so you can look down. Well, the movie does teach us uh, one very valuable lesson, and that is you have to keep moving. What does he say? Movement is Is life. life. That's right. Oh, so powerful. So um, you do, yeah, you you have to kind of, but the question is, after an earthquake is over, where do you you have to go? Well, that's sort of why this little bag I had, I just imagine that I, if I ever did have to be on the lam, that I would just, have it so that I can sleep anywhere and kind of be anywhere and just like not really have to be confined to one area or have one singular destination. Because mm-hmm. I figure if it is an earthquake and it's not something supernatural that's world ending, that it will eventually work itself out and the government will assist yeah, but, um, over yeah. time. But here's I the thing. I just have to get like a week or two. The reason you need to move is because the earthquake could be so bad that there's looters, pillagers, rapists rampant you don't want to sit in one place because you don't know what kind of hoodlums are going to be trying to steal Look, your I'm shit getting scared again <laughs> okay hold on was that happening in the last in the 94 <laughs> earthquake Did, i i missed the part about the looters oh what? my and god people no well because pillaging i talk about this a lot you can't have a pillage without a you you can rape without a pillage Careful. but you can't pillage without Careful. a rape <laughs> 
All right. You know what I mean? Anyway. Yes. Yes. That's, you got it. That checks out. That checks yeah, out. Yeah. Thanks. Takes okay. a minute. I concur. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to the movie. But first, let's go back to 2013. All right. The year right. in which it came out. I'm just going to give you a few little little points here or there. There's not really a lot that happened in 2013 that's mm-hmm. worth talking about. It was the year of the Boston Marathon explosions, which was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the year that Argo won the Academy Award for Best Picture. It won for the year 2013 or it won in it, the year 2013? It won in the year of 2013. Okay. Yeah. No, no. No, it won for the year of 2013. Sorry. So this is the world we're talking about. Um, Blurred Lines. Do you guys remember that song? Was the I number one song. hit? Yeah. Blurred Lines. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Sounded exactly like that. Um, yeah. 30 Nailed Rock ended that year. I remember it well. Oh. And Chris and Bruce Jenner divorced back when Bruce was still Bruce. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Those are the big ones. That I okay. Where were you in 2013? Were in 20... you in Brooklyn? No, 2013, in I was in San Francisco. I had just moved to San Francisco. I was working on Mythbusters. Okay. Um, and what about you? I was um, also in San Francisco. I was in college at the time. Okay. And uh, that's it. Studying studying film. Not Well, not studying. I was in film school. I wasn't going to class. Okay. Oh, I hear you. And you? Yeah. Where were you? I had probably I'd been living in New York for a year when this okay. movie came out because it came out June 2013. Yep. Right. And so I was maybe still in Brooklyn, but I might have moved to the East Village by then. Mm. But okay. um, I can tell you that that was an interesting year because um, the <laughs> the Mississippi had we I remember we were talking about this had just finally ratified the um the 13th amendment that abolished oh. slavery they they had, in 20 glory. fucking 13 yeah 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 they did that Jesus. in february oh, and then fucking oh, a, man. But, <laughs> all right harris um had finally fixed the law that said it was illegal for women to wear pants in, yeah, France with yeah. the law created in it was like 1800 or 1799 or something like that. Now, uh, those those are yeah. good things, but like, god damn, it's a little know. late. Should we be wearing pants? <laughs> oh, no, but the French are crazy. <laughs> Some wild banana crazy French people. Yeah, I'll also tell you uh, uh, two other fun facts. In the, in the uh, U.S., uh, nine American babies were named Cheese that year. Shut wow. up. Nine kids called Cheese. And uh, my favorite fact about 2013, that was the year. Remember the band Hanson? Of course. They they released, uh, they launched their own beer that year. <laughs> they what, where are you getting these facts? Do you just have right, these in the back I of just, your mind? I just know things. That's amazing. Um, right before this movie came out, they launched their own beer, and it was called Mm Hops. <laughs> we're, we're that, done. I mean, done? bravo. That's good. Fucking That's bravo. good. We can. Everyone else can t- be done making beer. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Do they still make it? I wonder if they still make it. I don't know. I'm gonna go try to find some. They yeah. tried to make a comeback recently this year. They're all really handsome, grown up. 
men. They're like, Hanson? They're Hanson men. <laughs> they have 30 kids each. Um, mm. So they probably released Mhops so that they could pay for their 30 children that they have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone told me they're a solid band. Yeah, like, like, I think they're trying to be. Music, yeah. But they're actually genuinely really, like, as musicians go, they're actually a really good band, apparently. They're very good musicians. I bet that's true. And I think because also siblings have a really good chemistry that non-siblings don't have. Mm, but yeah. unfortunately, when they came out, how they came out took down their credit a little bit. Then they yeah. said, let's be cool and release some beer. <laughs> That'll make that. That'll... They did it. <laughs> And you know what? It sounds like it was kind of cool. So it probably was cool beer. I bet. It, I bet they made really good beer. Yeah. Um, quick question: Do you have two different cups that you're alternating? Sorry. Yeah. This I was drinking coffee out of this little giraffe okay. mug. Okay. Gotcha. Here's a fun thing about this mug: as you drink your coffee, there's a little giraffe inside, and you. Oh, that is. So hey, cool. little guy. <laughs> yeah. That is so a fun thing about that. Just mug. finishing the coffee, and now I'm back to drinking my old uh, Hogwarts mm. water. Hogwarts, good, good water. Oh. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, should we talk about uh, how this movie got made, or should we talk about this the 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 like plot, the movie itself? Let's talk about how it got made. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. So about that. Uh, obviously, it was a book first, uh, um, a graphic novel. Um, and it? it wasn't graphic yeah. novel. It was just. A it wasn't novel. a graphic. It was just a novel. No. Oh, sorry. It was. I did, did read the book. I did read the oh, book you did. too. Yeah. Oh and wow. A lot okay, of the, well. You know, it's funny about this movie. A lot of people, a lot of critics, criticize the movie for not being like the book, which I think is like not a very good way to come at. Would have been criticism. a terrible. That would have been a, the book as it was. Would have made kind of a boring movie. Yeah, because it was like vignettes. It was like. Yeah. Stories of survivors and how they survived one by one. So it's a totally different thing. That being said, and I re I realized this the first for the first time watching the movie this morning, it actually does do a good job of sort of shadowing, being a bit of a, a, a shadow or an echo of what the book was. It's very global. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's and it's it is about a guy running around trying to figure out how did this happen, how did it, it's. The movie's a series of interviews with these big action set pieces, and so to that, oh, fair um, enough, yeah. They do very, they do a, a very good job of sort of being what the book should have been cinematically. So, and I think that Brad Pitt trying to solve the puzzle of what was happening, it made it, it made it have to be very like show him being observant, mm -hmm. and um, that presents like I didn't read the book, so I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but it sounds like. Um, Brad Pitt's like like viewpoint and observing the humanness and everything made it seem yeah. like uh, it do, it does kind of tell each person's story when he would like watch somebody and you kind of see that person have their own mm -hmm. set of problems. Um, do you know who so, wrote the book? I can't Max, remember his name. Max Brooks. Do you know who Max Brooks' father is? Mel. 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 What? Wow. Yeah. And Max Brooks' whole life, he writes about zombies. There's, like, several zombie books. I gotta get these things. Yeah, and when he was talking about why he cast, or how he felt about Brad Pitt playing the lead guy, he was like, you know, honestly, having grown up in Hollywood, I wasn't into the idea. Then I saw Moneyball, and I thought, oh, he does take this serious. Like, he'll, he'll do justice to this book. Yeah. Which is funny, because 
the critics said that that the book didn't get justice by the movie. And in Moneyball, critics said that the movie Moneyball didn't do justice to the true story. Well, it's really hard. Is, it's hard because we have to, again, suspend reality, especially when it comes to zombies, and just be like, let's just watch it as a standalone thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because it's they're both are good movies, just... Like, okay, so they don't follow the story exactly of what really happened or what happened in the book, but it's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They took yeah. a concept and they made it good. Yeah. Um, so there was a bidding war in 2004 between Leonardo DiCaprio's company and Brad Pitt's company about who would get the rights to this movie. And um, obviously, Brad Pitt won. Um, really there was weird. a lot of buzz. Isn't that weird? Between Leonardo DiCaprio and, and Brad Pitt, like those two actors going head to head. It's for called something. My it's Wet fun. Dream. Also, <laughs> welcome to my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> it's also called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, fair enough. That's true. True. Yeah, and like I think that's their first time working together, isn't it? Which is, I think you're right. No, Django also, Unchained. Weren't they both in that? No, Brad Pitt wasn't no. in that. Yeah, he uh, was. No, he, he wasn't. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Twelve Years. Oh, yeah. But you keep. You keep thinking keep that they're the same that. movie. <laughs> they're, they were released around the same time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, And also Brad Pitt's in a bunch of Tarantino movies, just not that one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so they had a bidding war. Uh, Brad Pitt's company won. It was, it was a Paramount movie, though. Paramount put up $125 million to make the movie, and they were going – over budget in a lot of ways, and so they kept, they almost pulled the plug a bunch of times, um, and they eventually did get funding. Uh, but Brad Pitt and the director, uh, who was Mark Forrester, uh, also directed James Bond: Quantum of Solace. Um, they had a lot of feuds, which is why the really. The budget went over, yeah. Although they both deny it publicly, but like everyone who was working on the movie was like, the reason we went over budget is because those guys could not agree on anything, and they had to be, they had to communicate. They had to have a third party going between them, um, because like he would give notes, and someone would have to tell Brad Pitt his notes, and Brad Pitt would respond through someone else. And then in like in interviews, they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they've. But that's crazy, isn't that weird? And then also. One of the budget problems that they had was that they had to do reshoots because the yeah, ending, the ending was going to be uh, like a huge battle scene in Russia. Yeah. But uh, they, Brad Pitt, kind of was push. I think this was one of their things because Brad Pitt was pushing for a more dramatic, like mm -hmm. intimate ending. Mark Forrester didn't want that. There are reports that Mark Forrester was not part of the twenty million dollar reshoots that Paramount. Um, let Brad Pitt do, which is when they shot the ending that the movie now has. That feels right um, to me. I believe that. Yeah. So, uh, but also, that's... I was reading. It sounded like the whole thing was kind of a shit show. <laughs> there are two other mm -hmm. things that I thought was funny. Yeah. Having all of us being in production, they said one day shooting had to be, be delayed for several hours because a caterer hadn't prepared enough food. Which, ouch. Oh God, that's the worst. <laughs> And that then also, the they shot a lot of it in Malta. Malta was where they did the Jerusalem scenes. Um, and when they finished, the crew wrapping out the production office found stacks and stacks of each of the um, extras' Act paperwork. Uh, oh. And like, and if you're SAG, then if you're not paid after a certain time, you accrue all of these crazy things. And they ended up having to pay like hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
dollars more to pay oh. these extras that they hadn't paid because a lot of those people were practical real people. It wasn't all CGI in those big right. scenes. And people were like spraining wow. their ankles and getting hurt and like these hordes of, of zombie crowds. <laughs> and the long yeah. hours of makeup, I imagine. But also, I, I read that too and they were like, the reason that we went over budget was because of these unpaid background actor invoices. And I was like, how... I mean, you're like $40 million over budget. Yeah. Yeah. One stack of background actor invoices did not do that to you. Yeah. Like, let's not play around here. Well, I, one of my favorite things about this movie is that Matthew Fox is in it. <laughs> and he's basically an extra because of those Russia scenes that were all cut. Right. So, uh, Matthew Fox from Lost uh, yeah. and Party of Five and all this. Uh, so... There are scenes on the um, aircraft carrier where he, he's just in the background. And really? It, it, it has one line in the movie, and it's, the general would like to see you. And he escorts uh, uh, Mireille Inus and her family, you know, Brad yeah. Pitt's family, to, the, to meet the general, and that's when the, he kicks them off the ship. But that is his only line in the movie. And so I remember watching this in theater thinking, oh, Matthew Fox is in this. Boy, what's he gonna do? And then nothing happens with him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do anything. So he was uh, I think, movie magic. I, I think I read that he was supposed to have an affair with Ed Pitt's wife in the movie. Yeah. But like with the Russia cuts that got cut too. Okay. Would have been so weird for us, and I'm glad that that didn't make it. That doesn't make any. Well, I, sorry, I keep putting the microphone behind my back. That makes no sense at all. I yeah, the Russia scenes. I mean. They did use some of that. Some of that footage is used, I think, in the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but, like a montage. Yeah, but I heard it was just kind of crazy and weird and was more actiony. Yeah, it just it's like Brad Pitt knew how to make a character-driven action movie, and Mark Forrester, who I think is a good director, had a yeah. idea of what this movie should be. But I think those Russia scenes. It sounded like they were shot and it just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. And I mean, like, uh, it just sort of, like, doesn't really fit in. The The story that they came up with, I think, was really strong. Mm -hmm. And it, to force another huge action sequence with tons of zombies, yeah. although it's entertaining, it's kind of like, is that really going to serve this, like, it is a strong character movie, which mm -hmm. we are learning that at this point in Brad Pitt's career, he's actually kind of good at. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the thing, though. The, apparently, the reshoots included. I think I I heard this. The big um, plane sequence. Interesting. Yeah. The one where that's where he comes like to the fight. idea. That's yeah. where it's like, wait, well, yeah, that makes sense because that's where it's like, okay, we're changing the story for him to go find. But mm -hmm. see, I don't, I don't know that the the scenes at the at the H. Um, with the WHO were added after, after were reshoots. Yeah. I think those were already always in the movie. So it's I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Mm. Here's the lesson that I took from that. You hear in the news, you know, such and such had to do extensive reshoots. This is going to be horrible. And a right. lot of times that's done to make the movie better. Yes. And it's, sometimes people want to shit on a film because. They hear, well, they had reshoots. It's, it must be going really badly. Mm. And right. maybe that is the case. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of things sort of have ups and downs and a lot of products that are created. The, the road to getting there is yeah. Yeah. 
the little, you know. And the beauty of being Brad Pitt is being like, and he gave plenty of interviews. I watched a few YouTube interviews of him, which at this point in Brad Pitt's life, he looks like the skeeziest motherfucker you've ever seen. His hair is long and greasy in a ponytail. He's wearing like 30 gold chains, big, thick black glasses. And it's so upsetting to me because I'm like, that's not my Brad. Anyway, I digress. But he says over and over again, he's like, look, people are like, ooh, we heard, like, just like you said, like, ooh, we heard he had reshoots. Like, it was so strugglesome. He was like, it just wasn't right. It just wasn't right. And luckily, I'm Brad Pitt, and yeah. I can make it right. So we made it right. And I think there you did go. a good job. Like, I, I liked the movie. Yeah. It was good. I did too. It did exactly what I needed it to do. Well, watching it again, I realized how many really strong set pieces were in it. And that, but how it's all just, it really is just this investigative character. Like, I've been, Captain America, um, The Winter Soldier, has been, that it's been on TV a lot lately. And that's another example of a movie that's, it's very action-y, but mm-hmm. it's super grounded in just, it, that movie is like a political thriller. Mm. And it's what makes it kind of an interesting film that really works Mm-hmm. Is the fact that it's just not a guy running around with the shield, jumping over buses and shit like that. Right. It's there are real things happening, and and things that sort of make the movie better than just explosions and running around. And I think that's the case with this movie. Yeah, and the pacing was really nice. Like we, the way it carried us from the minute it yeah. started, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. And like, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and I also like, like when a zombie movie. I don't know. Something that is attractive about zombie movies is that the world is um, is in order when it starts, and then like everyone is experiencing this chaos at the same time that you are, yeah. and nobody knows what to do. And there's something like I don't know, something about my survival instinct that kicks in when I watch these movies, and I start thinking like, should I should I try to get a motorcycle? And like, <laughs> and then like when when is a motorcycle in your go bag right now? Yeah. <laughs> See, that's I don't know. I don't okay. it's not I I have one. I don't know if I should. It seems like a really easy way to get you don't killed. need you don't need one. You you can step outside of your apartment right now and hop on one of those scooters or little red bikes or you're good to go. You I I've, I've never don't used know them. how much I love those scooters. I I realize they look very stupid, and it's I actually, Chelsea he does never not stops, like them. He never stops talking about these things. It's shocking <laughs> how many hours. <laughs> I've never been on one. Are you riding those all over town? Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I. You look. Here's the thing. You, you know that you look stupid, and everybody hates you while you're on it. And I, I know that. I know that. But I just love them so much. They're so fun. It's stupid fun. All right. Um, I gotta give it a whirl. You, yeah. I'll ride. I'll scoot like over a, to your house and just like in a parking lot or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> so just oh, yeah. Like, do donuts at Albertsons. There or you something. go. I have a lot of videos of uh, me and my boyfriend doing donuts in various parking lots and going off little jumps on those scooters. They're so fun. Um, I'm too much of a wuss for them. Also, I think that they need to have a place to be stored. I hate that they're just strewn across the streets. Yeah, Yeah, I don't. It looks like garbage. Yeah, they're ugly to look at. They're not pretty looking. Anyway, um, so so how much did it actually cost to make the movie? How much did it? 
was it supposed to? And then how much did it actually? Well, originally it had a $125 million budget and they ended at a hundred and ninety. Um, some say 200, but IMDb and Wikipedia both say 190. So that's, we'll go with that. No. Yeah. Um, to, but to what you were saying about the beginning of the movie and the way the chaos begins, I really do love that for, it feels like five solid minutes. There is no indication of what, what's actually happening, Mm-mm. but there's from the moment the cop hits the, the, the mirror, the side mirror mm-hmm. to, um, to when subway Sam says trains in the station which might be <laughs> my favorite part of the movie so that this red hit well you know i i kept watching this thinking all right well what in this movie tells us that brad pitt is a good actor or is yeah. not a good actor and i realized in I, I one of you said it earlier it's the movie is just him observing things yeah, reacting to them the whole time, and that's really what it's all about. Him noticing, oh, the the sick people are getting passed, like putting together little clues, and it's some of the most interesting parts of the film are him just staring. And you agree, right. and you just want to know what he's yeah. thinking. So there's all this chaos going on in the middle of Philadelphia. People are running everywhere. You can't really tell what's happening. Some Sam is just count one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole moment. And Brad Pitt's just staring. And he Subway Sam counts the 12. And you're like, I'm into this. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. And he just, it shouldn't work. And and yet it it does. I think it works because it lets me think. Like it gives me a second to think about what's going on. Yeah. And that I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun of it is trying to, because you wouldn't know. Yeah. You'd be you wouldn't be able to figure out and it's the the film does a great job of all you see are people running and every once in a while there's was that a zombie and then it's yeah. just more people running and it, uh-huh. it disguises it very well in the beginning until you know okay until subway sam tells you you better start running it still takes the- a while for you to actually see i guess, I guess you do see one when that one guy gets bit um but besides that part uh, towards the beginning. Besides that, you don't really see very many yeah. actual zombies until I want to say until he gets to like Israel. Then you really get a good look at him. But like before that, there's not a whole ton. The, or am I missing? Well, they're jumping on the 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 uh, oh RV the building as they leave. But the building is really the first place you see a zombie attack. Yes, right. And it's that's probably twenty minutes into the film, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really up till then. It's really about how people react to all this happening and what would really happen to you. Oh, well, and, and that moment you know where say. he's on the roof and he thinks he's been bitten yes. and he counts to twelve. I was like, I uh, am here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah. great. Because he wanted to be like cheesy, but you're like, oh shit, he's gonna kill himself, and he's so so smart. Like I would just mm-hmm. eat my family. <laughs> I would never have the instinct <laughs> to go kill right, myself. Guys. You know, I just, I, just, I just am nowhere near as smart as him, but he's the smartest man in the world, and he cracks the whole thing. He is. And he, yeah. I want Brad Pitt to be the smartest man in the world. I want that for him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I believe it. I think that yeah. he actually is, frankly. That's why we're here. That's why we make this podcast. <laughs> I, I don't think, and this is no shade to Keanu Reeves, I don't think someone like a Keanu. No. Who are so, who's like almost like a parallel uh, – 
or an alternate identity version of Brad Pitt, I feel like. I don't think he could have pulled that off the way Brad Pitt. Could. Yeah, because it's that inquisitiveness. It's that, like, thoughtfulness. Not that Keanu isn't mm-hmm. thoughtful. Sure. In fact, we see well, time and time again on the internet, there's all these stories of Keanu being the most thoughtful, most awesome guy ever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but that, but like... I- yeah, the way Brad Pitt acts. And having seen all of his movies, like seeing his, the way his acting has shifted. Mm-hmm. Because at first, this is episode 36, I think. 35 mm-hmm. or 36. At first, he's just like, it's like watching an actor who wants to be an actor. And then all of a sudden, in the last like four or five movies that he's done, it's like, oh my God, he finally figured out how to do it. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Wait. After watching like Moneyball, I was like, "Oh my god, look, he's really doing it. He's yeah, actually like, our boy." He there fooled he goes. me. <laughs> What's happened? Um... Okay, hold on. <laughs> so Moneyball is the is is essentially the, the turn. No, actually, maybe Tree of Life. I think it's even before that. There's been really? a few. We've been so like, what's happened, Kevin? Is that we started this podcast because we we thought. Brad Pitt has been famous for so long and we've only seen a few of his movies really and he has all of yeah. these movies. Cause we, do you ever go to Letterboxd? No. What it's, is that? It's a website where you can like log every movie you've seen and like give ratings personally. It's sort of like oh. a platform to share your thoughts. You should get on it. It's a wonderful website. Okay. But the reason this podcast started was because Michael was like, I don't, he's like, Brad Pitt has 80 movies and I've seen four of them or something. <laughs> Yeah. And why is but he I so famous? I feel like I've seen a lot. And I feel like I've seen a lot because I see his face in every single checkout line of every grocery store I've ever been to to this day. Why? Like, what is it about him? That's, so that's where yeah. this podcast came from. Huh. And over and... the course of this journey, I was never like, I'm a big Brad Pitt fan like you and Denzel. It wasn't like yeah. that. What's happened, though, is that I've become obsessed. <laughs> okay, but now I'm a, I'm actually, I'm a big Brad Pitt fan. Yeah. Um. But what do you think of his, I know this is, we're talking about uh, World War Z, but mm-hmm. where do you where do you put him, his ability, when it comes to the Oceans movies? Great. Okay, so I, we, big fans of the Ocean movies. We stay in the Ocean movies pretty ocean hard. Ocean 1 and Ocean 3, Ocean 2. Not so yeah. Ocean 2 can, I get you. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, those, like, I think that, we've said this before, that Brad Pitt has some definite strengths and one of his biggest strengths, especially when he was younger, was playing like a cheeky, like dumb guy who's also kind of clever and like street smart. Mm-hmm. Like, like when he he was very, like so goddamn charming in Thelma and Louise, like unbelievably charming. Mm. You know, I've never seen that movie. Uh. Oh, dude, you gotta watch it. It's, Did I go? It, it holds up. It's remarkably good. Yeah, we'll we'll pause right now. Okay. We'll come back after. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Um, um, but yeah, so that, I mean that, and then like the oceans movies and then in like true romance when he's just, he's lets himself be attractive. Cause he also went through this weird thing where he didn't want to be seen as like a sex object and like, just like another pretty face in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he tried really hard to be like an actor and yeah. when he sort of like let that defensiveness down and he just like let himself be rusty and oceans 11 and just be an attractive dude who's like clever and fun and quirky so good yeah why do you ask how do you think he was in oceans well though i really enjoy watching him in those movies yeah yeah and there are very tiny moments when i'm like look at this guy just nailing this yeah yeah and one of them is in 
in, I think it's in Ocean's 12, mm-hmm. which is not a movie I love. But when they're all little by little being thrown into jail, and I think the last group of, I think that's when <clears throat> Matt Damon and the rest of them, after they figured out that Julia Roberts is not Julia Roberts, and they they throw the, which is a weird thing to say if you've never seen this movie, but trust me, it's such uh, a weird storyline. Yeah, it, yeah, it really is. I actually, <laughs> I'm one of the few people who actually enjoyed that about the movie, but I remember Kamau and I having a big argument about. Oh this my gosh, it's stupid, and I was like, I think it's great. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but when they when they pan everybody in the jail, there's a moment where they just show Brad Pitt sitting there, legs crossed, just comfortably yeah. at the end of the bench. And there was something about that that I was just like, I don't. This guy's kind of brilliant. I don't know. There was something. About, he's just sitting there, and it was he's it, like in his element. It seemed also though during those movies specifically. He, the crew, the cast and crew were having a fucking fun time the whole time. They weren't really, taking yeah. themselves too seriously, so there was an ease mm-hmm. to that performance. That, yeah. When that's what, I guess what I'm talking about, there's a, up until like five or six films, maybe even the Oceans movies, there was no ease to his performance because he so badly wanted to be mm. this taken seriously guy. Then he sort of like let yeah. go of that and like was just like, I'm fucking me, man, and I can do whatever yeah. I want. I'm I am Brad Pitt. <laughs> you know, you know what that moment was for me in the Ocean's movies. I think it was Ocean. It might have also been Ocean's Twelve or Ocean's Eleven, um, where him and George Clooney are sitting in a bar talking about um, something, and Brad Pitt has his head on the table like this, and he's <laughs> yeah. like laying down, and George Clooney's talking behind him, and George Clooney's like having a conversation with him, but Brad's not responding, and he's just. Yeah. Convincing himself of something, something about guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. You need another. We need another guy. Yeah, something about that was just like so amazing memory. Yeah, I I love. You know what's funny? Maybe I just have this weird memory for Brad Pitt performances that I never realized I had. So glad you're here. That's the thing. That's why we do this. Is because it's like I swear to God. Yeah. Everyone has specific things about Brad Pitt that they know. I think he's very good at not. Of just reacting or being in the moment without saying anything, yeah. because yeah. he also in Ocean's Eleven, um, he when they're watching the the acrobat for the first yeah. time, and he takes George Clooney to the circus, and George Clooney's not really impressed, and then the kid does some crazy shit and he leaps backwards into a box or something like that, right? And Brad Pitt clapping. And like, a, like getting into the performance is one of the best moments in the movie. Yeah, and it's it's and he's not saying anything. He's just clapping and eating popcorn. Yeah, he's eating that those whole movies. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, yeah, I really loved him. We rated him high. I think we all rated it because we every episode we rate his performance. Mm-hmm. I think we rated him pretty high in all of those movies. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, but also bringing it back to to World War Z, Brad yes. adjacent. Oh, yeah. There was mm-hmm. a couple of moments where they like tried to tell us what was happening early on by people around them talking. And there's that South African guy. <laughs> and he says, yeah. he's like on the phone in the background being like, what do you mean we've lost Boston? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to have to go on a podcast and talk about this. Like, 
<laughs> you know, he, like, means all these... he means you lost Boston. The world is falling down around it. When so he they... says you lost Boston. There's like it. a slow pan by another yeah. guy who's like, there's nowhere for us to send you to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> over and over and over again. It's like the movie, I really liked it. And it did a good job of being what it was. And, the, and, the, and it moved really quickly. But then it was like <laughs> all of these little tropes like just in case our audience is the biggest of idiots <laughs> we've lost boston <laughs> but you know what that is so funny that you said that because i remember that moment and i for the first time i looked at it and i went oh this is where the acting is happening exactly like it was right. I, noticing that too it was very intense that guy he was the worst actor yeah <laughs> performance Mire Eno's performance everyone's very kind of it's very natural and uh-huh. they're very interesting with all this going on around them yeah. and then these guys are just really intensely talking <laughs> to the front. there's nowhere to you and it's like whoa <laughs> down yeah it's yeah. a little over the intense at times yeah yeah but said, I did like how sometimes the, the people in the control room were like, just had his head in his hands, you know? <laughs> he's had it. <laughs> he's There's had nothing it. we can do! It's like, a, it's like a fucking college thesis film. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like everybody's first day at customer service, and this happened. <laughs> exactly right. You know, <laughs> I did start also thinking about how when they were flying, there was a lot of flying going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, and they were often talking to people in control towers. I was just, I got like off on like a trail of thought about what those guys in the control towers are doing. Cause they're, they're literally up in a high tower. Yeah. They probably were just like, so we're just never leaving. Right. Like, yeah. And we all just agree. We're never leaving this room. <laughs> Somebody order a pizza. We're not going anywhere. That's yeah. They're like, can we land? And you're like, I'm here. I'm not going. I'll tell yeah. you everything about where you want to land. <laughs> I'm yeah. not leaving. <laughs> I looks always... good, but it's up to you. Yeah. That's the funnest thing about those kind of movies is like, what would you do? You were talking about yeah. this earlier. You're like, well, I mean, I would go get a motorcycle and drive away. It's like, uh, honestly, I, we all like to think that we would survive. Yeah. Nobody I know would survive. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I watch a lot of zombie stuff. And so I think a lot about what I would do. And all I know is you have to keep moving. You got to keep moving. Yep. Movement is life. I'd get a, I'd get a, yeah, movement is life. I, I would get a bag. I really, this week has reminded me I need to get my earthquake shit mm. together. Yeah. Yeah. I would get my bag. I have a couple of um, weapons, weapony things. Here. Okay. <laughs> I, say that I don't have, like, I don't have a gun or anything like that um, or a cool crossbow, but I do have some items that could be, you know, that would surprise people. Well, see, this is the thing about zombie and end of the world movies in general is that like anything can become a weapon if you want it to become a weapon. True. Yeah, I is have. Is there a, a weapon? I think I see a weapon behind you. Is that a sword? That looks like a sword. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah, this will do me some good in a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> zombie. Listeners, that's a plastic sword, a sword, and it is a sword nonetheless. <laughs> I do. Wait, I don't know how well you can see. We can see. There are well. on the. You can't see the mantle. There I kind of can. There are a couple of things sitting in plain sight that are actually very right. dangerous. Okay. They're well, little things. Batman so, things. You live in Silver Lake. I'll be there in the event. That's that's going to be yeah. my go point. You know when you like meet with your friends, you're like, where, where are we going to meet us? We're going yeah. to your house. <laughs> He's that's got it. the weapons. 
Party over here, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I guess I would just pack some things and get moving. But it's I, I would have to. I, well, I it would be I'm weird not. packing for that, though, right? But also, you have to leave with the assumption that you're not going to see anybody. Your cell phones aren't working. You need to leave mm-hmm. on your own. And what, that's why you have to have a plan for emergency beforehand. So you can meet up with the people that you love. Otherwise, you're but just... Brad yeah. didn't. Yeah, but Brad <laughs> had a fun. helicopter. Nobody gets yeah. a helicopter. True. We didn't also... We didn't know what, like that he was an important person. And then he just like... Some dude in a suit calls him and is like, Hey, I got a helicopter coming for you. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> that's that South African guy, I'm telling you. He's so funny. <laughs> He's really the best. Yeah. He's just like, it's not going to be until morning. Dawn. <laughs> At sunrise. At sunrise. It's like, who says sunrise, military man? <laughs> I just remember him. Jerry, I would move mountains to get to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I love him. All right, dude. Who is Jerry? Um, but to that, I will say the cast in this movie, mm. um, the people that just pop up yeah. are superb. I mean, Peter Capaldi and Ruth Nega and um, just all these guys were uh, David Morse. Yeah, David Morse. The the, I mean, it was it's so fun to watch this movie. Because there are all these other people around Brad Pitt who are amazing. And I can't remember her last name, but my favorite character in the movie is not even Brad Pitt. It's um, it's Sagan. Sagan. I love Daniela, Daniela Kurt- Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. She's, she killed it. That, she's, that's, she's on my future wives list. I, I, <laughs> yeah. But she's, she's a great character just in... She doesn't. She's there, but she not. She doesn't really say anything. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. On screen, and so she's just another sort of background person. Right. But, but the the director. One thing I'll say for Mark Forster, uh, he does a great job of making her a character without making her a character. Well, she yet. kind of just rolls into right. the mix without being in the mix. Yeah. Because there's one shot when Brad Pitt gets into the the Humvee. Before you know, when they're going to meet the the guy in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and there's a shot of, it's of him in the foreground, but there's a shot of her looking at him for just like a second or two, but there's something there yeah. before mm-hmm. we actually are introduced to her as a character. Yeah, and yeah. she's so great in the movie. She's so great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how gagged were you when she chopped his, when he chopped her hand off though? <laughs> I did. I thought she was going to turn. I was like, this bitch is yeah. going to turn. She's going to turn. Yeah. I was oh. bummed. She was so good in getting him through the... That's one of my favorite types of character, the person who's just suddenly the badass, who mm. you're like, you, you better follow that person. They yeah. To, yeah. What the she's hell? got one hand, and she's doing great. But that's yeah. the other thing about emergencies. It's like you never know who's going to be the cream that rises to the top. You know, we all like, again, we all like to think that we're going to be the ones. Yeah. But, like, you never know who's going to have... They all talk about this all the time with the Holocaust, which is very, very adjacent to this conversation, but... Mm-hmm. It's like you just never know who is going to be the one. You can't just be like, oh, this guy's loud and strong and powerful, the leader of his class, da, 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 yeah. and he could just be cowering in the corner. You just never know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's the, the moment when he gets to the uh, WHO again, and he just wakes up for the first time, and Peter Capaldi standing over him asking wow. questions, and he keeps looking over to, I forgot the other actor's name, 
But Capaldi's like, why are you looking at him? And he's like, because that's the guy in charge. Yeah, and he's just yeah. sitting there staring at him. I mean, it's always the person. Yeah. It's always the, the quiet guy standing sort of in the background. That's the yeah. one. I love that whole thing. I love yeah. all that. Because you're in a, you know, in those kinds of movies where you're finally in a quiet place and there's danger just lurking on the outside, but you can take mm-hmm. a deep breath. Yeah, and you're like, especially after the airplane scene where you think you're in that zone, but then you're not in that zone. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. Here, and it's like as soon as the dog was barking, I knew. As soon as that dog barked, I was like, "They're fucked." That dog played a pivotal role. Yeah, and then it was like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I think the dog's performance was understated, which I really appreciated. (laughs) Well, again, that's another example though of making it. I mean, that's just classic foreshadowing. Yeah, because you know the dog's. Something is going to happen with that dog. Yeah. But yeah. it's really fun to, like, the, the dog is barking and Brad Pitt's just kind of shrugging it off. And then suddenly that dog is like a pivotal yeah. character, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know. He was in a reverie. He was like, wait a minute. I figured yeah. it out. I've got it. Yeah. My f- Here's the one question, though. I know this, we have to suspend reality because it's a zombie movie. But, like, so the plane crashed walking distance to. Oh, yeah. That was a little. I, were they that close to it that they could walk to the science lab? I mean, how long do you think they were walking? I mean, he had been impaled. I know. I, I don't know. What if, I it just... was, what, if it was, what if it was five minutes? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, right over there. <laughs> not, not, that was just one thing I said. One note I took was like, okay, all right. Well, I mean, also the fact that they were walking distance from the WHO – after he threw a grenade in an airplane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jesus fucking Someone's Christ. Do it. It's Jerry with a G. <laughs> it is Jerry. <laughs> All right. Should we um, get into ratings? Yeah. So I think it's getting close. Let's talk about the way the world received this, and then we can talk about the way that we received it. Okay. Um, so there's two ways that we do this. Every episode I will read an entertainment weekly review because they are way off normally from what we think and also roger ebert who i think this is one of the last movies we're going to hear him review because he dies pretty soon after this movie comes out but anyway no offense to him but thank god yeah worse. (laughs) tired of hearing his shitty reviews just the worst 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 um imdb gives him seven out of (laughs) ten rotten tomatoes gives him 66 (laughs) percent 56 that's low from rotten to oh still that seems low yeah. Um, Metacritic gave it a 63. That's over, I think, 15 different reviewers. And then the EW, which normally, EW gave them an A minus, which was off for Entertainment Weekly. Normally, huh. they, they would give a movie like this like a C plus. But my favorite quote from this review was, "It was scary good fun." A minus. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Okay, I know where yeah, I stand." Well, and then I mean. <laughs> I don't know. Are zombie <laughs> movies ever really scary? I was scared. It was hard yeah. to watch some parts. I mean, I wasn't really I was, shaking. I was only scared in the beginning. Once no. I... In the apartment. Yeah, and like just being stuck in traffic with like like that. I knew zombies are happening down there, mm-hmm. and they're like stuck in there, and they have the kids. I was like kind of panicking. Yeah. Mm. But... um. <clears throat> For me, the scary parts were when he was face to face with that one zombie, and right before he shoots himself up, and the zombie's like jamming that his was, teeth. That was creepy. Like yeah. when humans become non-humans, that's what freaks me out the most. Like the one that they had in the cage in the office, and she's Ooh, yeah. like freaking out. And I said, "Ooh, yeah. terrifying." 
Yeah. <clears throat> there was also a really great moment where, in that when he's he's got the medication and he's ready to walk out and he comes face to face with the zombie and he's just like, oh, gee, enough already. You know yeah, I mean? he gave it up. He's, he's like, like, come on, another thing? Like, I just, like, <laughs> that moment he's like, son, like watching his face, he's just like, Ugh, oh, okay. Uh, then the one last review is from Ebert who gave it two stars, which is low for him. He always rates my least favorite movies very well. But this quote from him, he goes, <laughs> directed by Mark Forster and written by everyone in Hollywood, if rumors are beats believed. <laughs> <laughs> what do you understand? What is not to like about this movie? No, it's right. a good movie. It's a great little movie. It's not like fucking, I don't know, Schindler's List, but it's a great movie. Schindler's yeah. List. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I was thinking of like critically acclaimed, across the board, sure. boring boringies. I, what did they need? What was yeah. missing? I don't know. I think that it's not that there was anything missing. I think it's just like zombie like uh, discrimination. Like people just, I think when there's zombies involved, it's, it's like when there's thing. superheroes. Yeah. 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 It's like when there's a superhero thing, suddenly it can't be a good it's movie. It's eye rolling. Yeah. yeah. Also, it got a, a lot of. Fl- yeah, zombie. sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, it is. It's a great version of zombie movies that can be taken. Usually they can be overly cheesy or not cheesy enough. Mm-hmm. Or like, this movie got a lot of flack for the CG, which was I guess outdated by the time it came out. Yeah, I mean the only real issue I took, and I didn't. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite shots, but also the most unrealistic looking, was when the girl is singing behind the wall when they're in Jerusalem, mm. and the zombies hear and they start coming over the wall. Yeah, and yeah, that looked that looks a little computer generated but it was still the the whole all of it was so intense that i could overlook that but there's one shot they show the first zombie it's this woman who is like facing a door and then she turns when she hears it and it's the creepiest shot in the movie i think yeah it did look a little like it looked she looked different than the other zombies for whatever reason yeah Um, maybe it was the the way they they shot it or so i don't know but that was like why does she look that way? It but looks it kind of like she was thinking or something. Yeah, but the way she moved, it looked more computer generated than the others. But it was still oh. creepy, and I I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Whatever. Critics be damned. Critics be Critics damned. Be it's damned. interesting, though, because they went into this movie with the intention of having it be three movies. And then, obviously, maybe because it cost too much or something, but they didn't end up making... There's like one there's like a new one like Z generation or something on Netflix but it's not it wasn't part of this. Oh yeah. Trilogy. Well, let me Uh-oh. tell you about how much how the money did because that sort of affects um well, first of all, they did talk about doing a sequel. They and, were very um, close. It just got Yeah. Uh, sort of Yeah, just in, tossed in away. February it just yeah. got tossed away. That was literally that was heartbreaking news. <laughs> For me, actually, I remember texting friends going, oh, no, this isn't happening. I'm <laughs> genuinely upset. Oh, that. my gosh. Like, as if someone had died. I was <laughs> Well, Here's someone did I, I die. Hordes of I, people had died. Yeah, I don't think I've clarified. This is one of my favorite movies. Really? Uh, wow. I wouldn't say top five of all time, but definitely I could. I've seen this movie just tons of time oh i'm so, so thrilled wow. to have you on this podcast then i almost didn't watch it again because i was like i know every i know the movie backwards and forwards but then i was just like 
but let's watch it again. And I, just, <laughs> yeah. and I love yeah. that you're watching it. I love a 9 a.m. movie. Or I'm assuming you had to wake up early. <clears throat> well, I wake up early anyway. I didn't sleep very well last night because I had earthquakes on my mind. Because uh-huh. yesterday, one woke me up at 4 a.m. Yeah. So, yeah, but I, I wake up early anyway. So. Okay, well, that's good. It's just not um, often you get to wake or maybe I don't know about you, but it's it's not often until I started this podcast where I could wake up and watch a movie and feel okay about it. Just wake up and sure. go straight into a movie. Mm. Yeah. A, fun to do. I, oh, it's I, the best. I go to the theater and watch a lot of movies. In the, I watch a lot of 10 a.m., 10.30 movies. Oh, the best. Yeah. The yeah. theater's yours. I have to say, that's what I miss about living in L.A. is just movie theaters in general. I don't go see near as many movies here as I did when I lived there. I would go at least once a week there. you got to yeah. go to the one in Columbus Circle. The uh, Lincoln Columbus. Square. Lincoln... Lincoln... Whatever. whatever. It's Lincoln something. It's the, be- it's the one I go to. I go to the. I like going to the Los Feliz, um, the one with like the Egyptian stuff that's inside of it. That's like down right on Sunset. Um, I forget what it's called. It's not the Los Feliz Twin. It's the Vintage the Cinemas? Or Lo- Vista. Oh, Vista? Vista, yeah. yeah. Oh, Vista. It's a very nice theater. It's yeah. cool. I, I usually just do the Arclight. But yeah, yeah Arclight or Universal Studios is really underrated. I really like I've been that going area. to that one a lot lately yeah. because I have a friend who has the AMC thing. And... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, how much did this movie make? So it's domestic. Well, it open weekend had sixty six point four million, which is not super great, uh, especially because it opened at number two behind Monsters University. <laughs> but when it came out, it was his highest grossing film, right? Well, that. it not was. Anymore. Yeah, his total, its total highest grossing film. But like, the, for for an opening weekend, it's not, it's not like super amazing. Monsters University. Mm-mm. I guess it's, not. It's I a thought family movie, like it's. Yeah, I guess it's a different audience though. So yeah, I guess that's their their reasoning. Um, and then its total domestic was two hundred and two point three million. Total worldwide was five hundred and thirty one point five million. And its DVD sales are an estimated fifty eight point five million. So it did pretty good, and it was his his highest grossing film um, when it came out. So not bad. I forgot to mention this. What? In every interview, he says, I made this movie for my boys. I wanted my boys to be able to watch oh, yeah. a PG-13 movie. And Young Maddox is in the movie. He plays a zombie that gets shot in the head. And he said, Daddy, I want to be a zombie that gets shot in the head. And, and Bradley Pitt said, okay, son, your wish is wow. my command. Damn. I mean, he also said, Daddy, I want you to make a zombie movie. And his was like, all right, son. Let's do it. $190 million. <laughs> your way. <laughs> So, yeah. World War Z two, yeah, it was definitely budget concerns. What the hell was happening? That was, uh... and who was gonna? Someone big was gonna direct it. Fincher is the director, and Fincher and I, Brad are besties. I was so excited for this. That would have been cool. Well, maybe we should start a petition or something because I honestly don't see why not. <laughs> like, why can't we make this movie? A go. We should write a letter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I genuinely was like. I, I want to see the script for this movie. I would love to see. I the think script there's for this a movie. way. There's a way in which we. I think we can get this movie made, guys. Call me crazy. I think I'll it's possible. It. <laughs> I, I, I I think it's possible. I legitimately think it's possible. Yeah. Um, hmm. Okay, so now's our time. 
Normally we'll do a Mary Fuck Kill, but there isn't really many Mary Fuck Kill people here. It's... There's not really in enough the movie? contenders. Yeah, I mean, we usually will pick people from the movies to do a Mary Fuck Kill, but like, it's like Brad Pitt, I guess, the South African guy, and maybe one of the doctors. Oh, some of the doctors were hot. No, you know who's the hottest one? Was the guy in Russia or in South Korea, the one who hurt his leg? Oh, <laughs> the, uh, the military guy. The military the, guy. The special forces dude, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably marry Brad Pitt, fuck him, and kill the South African guy <laughs> if I had to. Well, I I'd probably. Oh no, no! Who's the actor's guy? guy kill... What? Matthew Fox? Of course, Matthew <laughs> Fox. I'm sorry. If so, if it, the Mary Fuck Kill needed to be Army Guy, Matthew Fox, Brad Pitt, I'd I'd kill Matthew Fox. Does, and Brad Pitt has to be one of the one of the three. No, not necessarily. No, not really. I mean, huh? I think I'd marry Mira Enos. Oh, of course. Uh, I would. I would uh, fuck Daniela. Um, um, what's her name? Fertets. Yeah, and then uh, kill Matthew Fox. Yeah, poor Matthew Fox has <laughs> got to go. <laughs> we gotta put him out of his misery. He yeah. came in so hopeful, it just didn't work out. Um, all right, well, that's. I guess that's good. Our our ratings now, Chelsea. Why don't you um, start with Brad's performance? I thought he did really good. Yeah, he did. He did, he did really good. He's been scoring really high these last couple of months. Um, I'm going to give him an eight and a half. Nine. Okay. No, I'll give him an eight and a half. Eight and a half. Hmm. All right. Is there a reason he didn't get a nine? What's your? Is it just your gut? It's just my gut. I feel like... Yeah, I mean, I liked his subtlety. I mean, eight and a half is a really high score, by the way, guys. It is. It is. It is. Um. <clears throat> it didn't go all the way there for me, but I think it did a good right. job. Kevin? Well, okay. I want to say, eight. I'm trying to think of what, I can't think of his other performances, so I can't measure. Um, like, what was money? What would you have said Moneyball? I think I gave him an eight and a half in Moneyball, too, but I wasn't so wild. He does a lot of, like, staring off in the distance in Moneyball. That drives me crazy. But, like, for instance, I gave him a 10. I think I've given him two 10s. One was for Legends of the Fall, which was way back. Here's the thing. When Brad Pitt cries, for me, this is the theme Uh of this podcast, is that when he's crying, I'm loving. (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right. He didn't cry one time in this movie. Well, okay. So, for reference... Chelsea gave Brad Pitt's performance an eight in Moneyball. I gave him a nine because I love that movie. Yeah. I think I gave him a nine in Snatch. Yeah, um, got, I think he got a ten in Snatch for me. Yeah. And then I think he also got a nine in, in Glorious Bastards because that was uh, just so fun. Yes. yes. Okay. He was great in Glorious Bastards. That's like primo Pitt. And then I think he got like a six for, in like uh uh, what's it called? Twelve Monkeys. Like I just didn't really like him in that. It was kind of creepy. I liked him a lot. We haven't seen it in a while, but that was the first time I was like, "Look at Brad Pitt go!" I liked the sort of crazy. He won yeah. a Golden Pitt Globe Pitt. for that, which is wild to me. I don't know. That I guess was the it just last didn't really award. That's the last major award he won outside of producing Twelve Years of Slave. Um, unless you consider the AARP award uh, <laughs> he was nominated for for oh. this movie. Mm, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> well. Really. So uh, then, 
I'm going to give him a nine. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Gonna, I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to explain yourself? So, he's just so restrained and calm. And I'm, I was captivated when he was on the screen. I was, it's hard to focus on the performance when there's so much action going on. Totally. And yeah. he draws you in even in the middle of the action. You're, when they're just shot on him, the tendency might be, get away from that guy. I want to see the action. And yet it's very captivating to watch him stare at some, like, you know, old man standing yeah. in a sea of zombies. <laughs> you you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it just all the little things about his performance I, I really loved. Mm. Why is he just so interesting to look at in everything all the time? Yeah. That's why <laughs> we're obsessed with him. Because he just, he can do that. There can be a full mm. zombie thing. And all I want to do is look at Brad Pitt. Someone, you know, it's really, so when we were taping his episodes for the Jim Jeffrey show, he, um, he was just waiting when we were setting up or discussing something and he was sitting off on the side and, um, someone pointed out to me, they were like, look at, look at him. And you could see him getting into character and it was very uh, interesting to watch. And he's just playing a uh, silly character, you know, a goofy weatherman guy we, we created for him. But, but he watching, how he suddenly was moving his hands and his feet and the way he's very specifically went like his feet suddenly changed and his posture evolved and his, he kept his feet turned inward when he was in the character. It was so interesting to watch this guy. I live for this information. I live I, for this information. Please give me more. I've, I've had only one other experience like that where you're getting to watch an actor actually really like a famous actor yeah. celebrity do their thing and act do their crap and it was with Denzel Washington no when way. me and um one of the guests on the podcast once was uh actor J August Richards who I was a huge fan of or am a huge mm. fan of, from Angel and a bunch of I think I'm gonna say I don't know he's in a ton of stuff yeah. but uh -huh. he he I had tickets to go see Denzel Washington speak and he was like well can I can I? Do you have an extra ticket? Can I go with you? And I was like, Of wow. course, you go with me. Obviously, like, yeah. The weirdest thing that you know. But so we went. We had a great time. And he, he said, my talent is that I could sneak into any event or building, even when I'm not supposed to be there. And true to form, that man got us into this very small reception where Denzel Washington was basically talking with these college kids who were actors, and he was doing scenes with the kids. Oh, yeah. my God. The kids were, and so, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, I know that one. What's, go ahead. Go ahead. Do your, it was basically a monologue, this kid doing a monologue, but then Denzel kind of interacting with him. And at first I was like, I don't want to watch this, these kids do the thing with the, I just want to meet the guy. And then I realized, yeah. no, asshole, you're watching Denzel do theater literally 20 feet in front of you. Ah, it's like, so wild. Doing it. it was amazing. It was amazing. And uh, I, yeah. Did you ever did Denzel ever hear about your podcast? Does he know about your podcast? Has he been on it? He has. No, we were this close to getting him on it. But he so he's is, aware of it. He, I, he's like aware, and then he forgets. Someone mentioned it to him in an interview once, and he's like, "I don't, I don't know what that was." At which is, I, the oh, night that I saw I him perform and do that, I was wandering around the backside of the building waiting for my lift, and I ran into him. As he was coming out of the theater, and we chatted for a minute, and I brought it up to him. 
and he was like, "Oh, I heard. I think I heard there was someone on the internet." What goes through his head? It's like if we were. I always think about this with Brad Pitt. It's like if I were to meet him casually and be like, "Well, I've dedicated every week to my my life to you." Like, how does that get received? I don't think he knew what to. I think he doesn't know what to. Especially Denzel doesn't. know. Yeah, Denzel is an elevated creature. He is. Yeah. He is elevated. He's like. I think he and Brad have that similar like thing where they're just so famous Mm -hmm. that like they are a little bit disconnected with they have to be disconnected with how famous they are yeah Yeah. they just like purposely sort of like protect themselves from all of the craziness about their own level of fame so i imagine it would be a similar thing where brad might be like oh okay all right i know uh a friend I know uh, we sort of have a mutual acquaintance and that person was telling me that one day he and Brad Pitt were chatting and Brad said this was at the height of the mess with his marriage and, you know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. And Brad casually told him, yeah, I'm just kind of going through some like personal things with my marriage right now. (laughs) 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 It was like, yeah. Yeah. Obviously. No shit. But it was like he didn't really understand that everybody knew what was like. It was just yeah. a part. Of what so was weird. Ugh, yeah. all I it's want funny is that you say world. that about watching an actor get into character, though. Just going back to that, because I remember Chelsea and I worked on a show a long time ago that had Michael K. Williams in it. Oh, and yeah. he, oh, he was the best, best, best. He's like the like the nicest dude ever. And he is like kind of shy and reserved. But then he was playing a person who is still alive in the show. Yeah. And so the person who was still alive came to the office to meet with Michael K. Williams. And Michael K. Williams had was doing like a makeup test. And so he was in like the wig and he was like wearing the guy's clothes and like he looked like him. And like we gave them their own office. And like over the course of like two hours, you just saw Michael K. Williams stop being himself and oh, like man. fully become this other person. I have to say, and, like, like, that was the crazy. most impressive performance I've seen. Like, from set being like Michael K. Williams fucking like that wow. man's an actor and phenomenal. he like yeah. changed the way he walked he changed the way he talked his body language was different like everything about him I was like that's a different person yeah yeah it was wild that's hard to watch as like as an actor you're just like well you see something like that I'm like well what am I even doing this yeah <laughs> but <laughs> that's how I? I feel all the time about everything I ever do when anyone's better than me I'm like oh mm-hmm. what the yeah. fuck am I even yeah. That's why, anyway, we've gone way off course. Michael, what right. did you think about Brad Pitt's performance? Right. Eight and a half. I agree with you. Eight okay. and a half. I, I mean, it's a. I, I give him a high rating. I feel like I'm not going to quite go to nine because nine is just like really knocking my socks off. Yeah. And like, like you said, there's a lot of action that doesn't it doesn't quite allow him the space to like yeah. really act for hard. But he mm-hmm. does do a very job of what he has so you want eight and a half all right um and now then we rate him on his looks oh <laughs> just because his looks change so frequently that sometimes he looks terrible sometimes he looks great so we figure we might as well acknowledge his looks because they change so much um, <laughs> and i tend i love the long hair because i love the way he pulled it behind his ears Mm-hmm. Really? That's so weird. Because I was just listening to an episode yesterday where you were saying you hated his long hair. So I hate some long hairs. I love him clean cut too. I love a tree of life, Brad Pitt. But with this one, I thought it suited him. I thought he wore it naturally. And I think it's because he was wearing his hair like that 
in real life at the time. Like mm. when I looked at the interviews, yeah. had it, I think he was just feeling natural about it. Um, I mean, when you look at his IMDb, that's the picture. It's yeah. him with long hair. Yeah, this is the moment. Mm. He's sort of like cemented in this time. And I think he wore it. Well, that little scarf thing that he ended up turning into a tourniquet, I'm into. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. wearing that scarf thing the whole time, which made no sense. Uh-huh. <laughs> until until he used it as a tourniquet. And then, then yeah, you're like, like, that's why. That's why he has a fancy scarf on in like yeah. the yeah. hottest parts of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when it's going to get cold. He's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so what do you give him? Uh, I give him. Seven and a half. Okay. I've seen him look way... There's some movies with Brad Pitt where you're just like, I'm literally sliding off of my seat. This one, I was just like, I'd like to make out with you, but I don't need to have sex with you. (laughs) Okay. Huh. Wow. All right. So, Kevin, where where are you at? On the fuckability scale. Yeah, that's very tricky because I don't really... I don't remember how he looks from movie to movie. And to me... <sighs> Think about how he looks in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh my god! Like or Fight Club. <laughs> he is like unbelievably. I think Fight attractive. Club. I think Fight Club was the only ten I ever gave him. And Snatch. He looks. I think he looks better in Snatch. He doesn't have the bleach tips, but. But he <laughs> lost a lot of weight. Those are both ripped roles. He lost, but he like starved himself for this role. He wanted to look gaunt for it. For for. Uh... World War Z. Oh really? Oh mm. interesting. I see. To me, the best-looking Brad Pitt is is an Ocean's Brad Pitt because he just mm-hmm. looks smooth. I'm thinking of the Brad Pitt that I want to be. Yeah. When I'm thinking yes. Of there yes. you go. Great. So I'm I like, and and the closest to yeah. So I would say if if Ocean's is ten for me. I would bring this to. I would say about it because I really did like his look. Mm-hmm. I just thought he looked so fucking cool. He looks I'm so gonna cool. say I would say a seven. Okay. Because what was? Because also I really liked him in um, the way he looked in. Uh, we were just talking about this movie, um, the World War Two one. Um, Inglorious Tar- Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards. That's mm-hmm. my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Same. And um, I. I really liked him in that, and just his look, and even though he's got the lip and the whole deal, yeah, I just, he did. Um, he looked good. He looked that, great in that movie, and so um, it was. This is a little less unique, but he still mm. looks cool, and um, yeah. You like say, a buzzed well. head, ripped Brad? Me? No, Kevin. What oh, you've just described, yeah. he has like kind of a closer shave. He has very pointed, like he's like a sculpted. Yeah, yeah. He's a square I'm, head. Listen, I'm all for that as well. It's his tree of life the, look. The it's, it's like okay, the the ten Brad Pitt is just he looks so damn smooth. Yeah. Yes. The nine Brad Pitt in Inglorious Bastards, he just looks very different in charactery, mm. and I kind of like that, and that's that sort of goes to his performance too. And the seven Brad Pitt is like, he's just. It's a good performance, and he just looks cool. He just yeah. kind of looks yeah. cool running around, and yeah. he's got the scarf on, and you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ready for anything, you know, yeah. Ten Brad Pitt for me, I I would agree is that he's got to be clean cut, and he just yeah. looks good in a suit. Yes, clean cut Brad in a suit, it's like mm, that's yeah. right. The thing that it's I've Brad. learned about Brad though is that he looks good in anything he wears, and in some roles he's had like costume designers have been like, we had to ugly our clothes. <laughs> <laughs> 
in order yeah, to put like, them on him so he could fit the character. Yeah. yeah. What, what was that movie? That was in Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway so I give him a seven too because I, I kind of agree. It's like he looks good. Yeah. He looks good in a in the way that Navy Seal or uh, yeah Navy Seals because um, they don't they don't have to adhere to the military standards of like like grooming. So oh, like right, right. Navy Seals will be all like shaggy and gruff but they're also the most badass so um in that sense of Brad Pitt being like kind of like shaggy but also like I want to follow you and you know so I'll give him a seven it's like good I would say about yeah middle of the pack so okay all right yeah Um, and then lastly our overall ratings for the whole movie for the movie as a whole uh Kevin why don't you start yeah, you, you lead us. I on. mean, I feel like I can't, as a, against all other Brad Pitt movies. No, as In the general. movie as a standalone film, yeah. Easily a nine for me. A nine. Oh. What is a ten what? for you? A ten has to be so like kind of grand and epic in scale or at least in storytelling. So I mean using the example of Schindler's list. Yeah. Sort of it just it's not as critically It's not an epic. But I watched this movie again today going, it's just so good. It's so it's good. Yeah. So good. It's just a good movie. So many pieces just work well together. It really also moves. It's sort of there and it's gone. Because in a matter like it begins and he's going to North, South, was South Korea? I can't remember. Yeah, and Korea. then the next thing you know, it's on to Jerusalem. And that's where it all just starts. You're, you're yeah. sliding downhill in this movie. And so, yeah, it just moves and it's very, uh, I'm constantly captivated by it. And I love the action and I love the performances in it. And I could watch it over and over and over again. Wow. <laughs> and I, I have. I'm yeah. just so thrilled that you're on this episode because, like, we could oh, have had you on for Happy Feet too, and then who knows what would have happened. I'd <laughs> <laughs> have been good. Would uh, Michael? What about you? Uh, I'm giving it an eight. I was going to give it a seven and a half, and then I remembered um, North Korea's solution for the for containing the spread was just to remove everyone's teeth <laughs> in 24 hours. <laughs> and I really appreciate the uh, the coordination. <laughs> The level of organization that yeah. that took. So they get an eight. Yeah. I'm going to give it a uh, seven and a half or an eight. Because I agree with everything. It's really great movie. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, I guess it's an eight. The one thing that would take eight. it down is like the obvious like horror movie tropes of like, we've lost Boston. <laughs> it's funny for me to talk <laughs> yeah. about it for podcast fodder. But I have to take it down a peg because it could have been just a little bit better finessed. Yeah. But I did. I love this movie. And I also love any end of the world movie, even the worst, worst, worst ones like The Day After mm-hmm. Tomorrow or Sharknado. You know, I'm into yeah. it. Yeah. What, what's I, The Day After Tomorrow? The Day After Tomorrow is a superstorm. And it's basically it the, New York. the world flips on its axis. And New York, the, the poster oh. was the la- st- Statue of Liberty underwater, you know. Jake Gyllenhaal. No, it was with um, Aiden. Shit. Stand by. Wait, what was Dennis it? Qu- Dennis Quaid. No, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, yeah. 
That's what it is. And yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. And, and his son is oh, Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Jake his son? Maybe yeah. I should yeah. revisit that. I should revisit it. That's a movie I've also seen a bunch of times. Fantastic <laughs> Not as good as this. movie. When they go to the library and they burn the books yeah. and they have this like struggle, internal struggle about like burning books, but they need to stay warm. Ugh. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see Brad Pitt and Denzel. And I've been saying this for a long time. He has been that saying this for I, a long time. I am a big fan of Denzel thing. Washington. And I think that he and Brad Pitt would do so well together because they can both be so cheeky in the way that George Clooney and Brad did really well together. I feel like yeah. Denzel and Brad have really good on-screen chemistry. So yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Huh. Denzel yeah. does have a way. He can be so serious like... and so intense. But when he gives you a little cheek, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling it's in the world. just right. Yeah, it's just right. <laughs> Denzel needs a proper comedy. Like a real. Has he ever like a, had a proper comedy? He not a proper one, but he's had. I mean, yeah. I think the last comedy we it was uh, like one of these '90s or '80s movies. Um, God, what was it? Heart Condition? I think was his last. Oh comedy. wow! It was. It was not like him and Bob Hoskins. It was Whoa, oh Jesus, crazy. I think that was the one he fired his agent for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smart move. Good move on his because now look at him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so. anyway, I hope that they do a movie together so we can have you back. And Maybe can... the sequel Hell to World yeah. War Z will be Denzel and Brad together, guys, and we can have a super podcast. <laughs> no, it would be amazing if they made the sequel to World War Z, but like the first one, they had to do extensive reshoots and cut a, a whole like section of the movie, and that was the section. Denzel Washington yeah. was it for one tiny part. You see him in the back being like... In the background. He, like would never, he would never stand for it. Denzel would be like, cut me completely uh, out. Um, I don't uh, want any part. I just I, want to I, see him do one line and it's just like um, sparkling or flat. And then yeah. that's it. <laughs> and then we're like, why would he... Why is Denzel the waiter? What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like Brad, Brad Pitt's cameo in Deadpool. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, in Deadpool 2, like the invisible character, the invisible superhero. Uh huh. Remember? And then he gets electrocuted and it's just Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I it's have to like, go watch that right now. It's like a split second of, of that movie and like the invisible character gets electrocuted and it's Brad Pitt and you're like, wait a minute. They're all, <laughs> this is the sequence when they're all dying. Yeah. I'm going to go watch that right now. You should watch that clip. It's really <laughs> I funny. I need to see it. All right. Well, anyway. Thank that you, concluded. Kevin. It was Thank really you great so having much, you. Kevin. Pleasure Thank to meet you. you. Thanks for yes, being here. Likewise. Is there anything that you do want to promote while you're here? Um, no. Everybody should get um, get the earthquake preparedness kit. I want to encourage that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, don't because I want I need to get mine, and I don't need anyone clogging up the internet. <laughs> right. Uh, Five days right around the corner. So. Yeah, I I have one in my bookends bookmarks. That I've been, I just need to finally buy it. Just pull that trigger. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. All well, right. Thank you so much again. Thank, thank you. Look out for the Denzel podcast. It, it may, it may be coming back soon. For oh a limited time. my goodness. That's what I'll, I'll plug. I'll plug that. Okay, so, great. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. What's the name of that podcast again for all our listeners? Uh, Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time. Period. It's with myself. Kevin Avery and W. Kamau Bell. 
and uh, yeah. Amazing. Cool. Awesome. You get, look, to, uh, you can listen to back episodes, but I, I hopefully we'll have something very, 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 very soon. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Hopefully soon. Yeah. All right. All right. You guys t- Thanks, stay, stay, stay good in California. I'm a little bit worried about you. Thanks. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We'll be all right. All right. No. Take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks.